Hello and welcome to the London Bitcoin Meetup podcast. Today I'm going to be reading from one of Alex Fovel's Medium posts, which is called Understanding Concepts. Network graphs. For many of the readers here, a graph is something with axis and precise plots to show the correlation of one variable with another. However, graphing in the sense we need is much simpler to understand, yet infinitely harder to master. To begin any study of any kind of communication network, we must first understand the basics of mathematic representations of real-world interactions. These interactions can be physical infrastructure, order of interaction, or even social in nature. We classify different structures in graph theory by the properties that the resulting graph has. Throughout this series, we will cover a number of different graph structures and measurements to ensure that everyone understands what they're looking at when these topics come up. We briefly go over the topic here. In essence, a network graph shows how nodes are connected to one another. With nodes in the network, we have a direct connection to other nodes. In these kinds of graphs, there is no concept of time. They allow for a thorough analysis of the state of the network at each point in a discrete point in time. There's an image here that has the words equivalence, degree, cluster, closeness, and centrality, labeling individual nodes that exhibit these exact things. So a node or vertex. Equivalence is if there are two nodes that are alike and have similar positions in the network in terms of all of the other variables. Degree is the number of connections a single node has. Closeness, the fastest access to all nodes. A cluster, which is members that are more interconnected with each other and outsiders. And then centrality being a single node that connects two halves of the network, for example, being extremely important. So the importance of a single node in a network is sort of the definition of its centrality. And the caption is a network graph showing all collection, showing a collection of metrics commonly used to measure and describe the network in question. Scale-free networks are ones where the number of connections, degree, each node controls, flows, follows the power law, that is, at least asymptotically. This means that some nodes have many more connections than the majority of others. We shall get more into this concept towards the end of the series. There's a picture, transaction graphs, time as it passes, transaction dependencies. To read time-ordered or topological charts, read left to right following each arrow or transaction until it comes to a node or an account or an address. That does not have an arrow exiting. This node is the last state of the account. Each action occurs in order of reading. You obviously cannot go back in time. Illustrated to the left via an arrow pointing from the left to the right. A hash. There's an image saying left-hand side, right-hand side. Input, hash process, output. A hash is an asymmetric, or one-way, mathematical function that will produce the same output for the same input. If even a small change is made to the input data, the output changes in a seemingly random fashion. 
to the left is a graphical representation of what a hash of two pieces of data would traditionally be depicted as. Transactions. Every action on the Bitcoin network involves transactions. Their structure can be complex, but their form is standardized. When thinking about the information needed to perform any kind of transaction, we must know what we are to send and where we are to send it. So the first step in building a transaction is to first provide these pieces of information. This input information is then hashed together. The private key of the owner is then used to sign this hash. This provides proof of ownership of the asset that is to be transferred to the new owner. Every node then verifies that the ownership proof is correct and checks that the transaction does not break any consensus rules. If these boundaries are adhered to, the transaction is accepted. This was not a new concept and was a standardized way to create digital ownership tokens before Bitcoin. There's a diagram that depicts this. I think it's actually from the white paper, potentially. Tree, nomencl tree nomenclature. There's an image of a Merkle tree and the hashing direction and uh, leaves, branches, and the root are all labeled. A tree is simply a data structure that organizes the data it consists of. There are many different types of trees and trees which, due to the way they are constructed, have different attributes and properties. To correctly describe these features, we must first be familiar with the common nomenclature of the data structures. A leaf is the end of a path or branch. A branch, a path of hashes between either two hashes or the root to leaf. Root, the trunk of the tree, also known as the root hash in the diagram below. A Bitcoin block. There's an image directly from the white paper here. Block, block header hash, previous hash. So the, the, the image shows how uh, any block contains the hash of the previous block, plus a nonce, plus the root hash, i.e. the Merkle root of all of the transaction hashes, as well as all the transactions. And it's uh, captioned, transactions hashed in a Merkle tree. So it, what it's suggesting is that within a block you have the block hash, which itself contains the previous hash, the nonce, and the root hash, as well as every transaction, but none of the transaction hashes, other than the final Merkle root hash. The anatomy of a Bitcoin is one that is extremely important and is extensively covered within the original white paper, Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system by Satoshi Nakamoto. The paper also perfectly illustrates the block structure. Thus, I will simply point out to the diagram here, reclaiming disk space. A Bitcoin block is secured by proof of work. This is simply a hash with a minimum target result. This is adjusted, read guessed, by changing the nonce. Arbitrary random number, that's what a nonce is, within the block header. This is much like attempting simple algebraic math problem without knowing how to do algebra, simply guessing numbers until the equation balances. The two other variables in the block header that 
are used for the input of the proof of work is the root hash from the tree of transactions and the hash result of the previous block. Now the basics of the technical jargon have been covered, we can delve into the first chapter of the Satoshi series, The Red Queen. So I think this is a really good article for explaining the sort of the basics of how to talk about networks in terms of between nodes of Bitcoin, uh, the network graph theory stuff. Um, and it's a really in-depth sort of take a look at the structure of what a Bitcoin block is uh, and what a Merkle tree is. And the, the one thing I I learned from this, I mean, I, I've obviously been in Bitcoin for some time and understand most of the concepts and have done several courses and that sort of thing. The part I didn't realize is that the it fr just from the image here in the white paper, it's just jumped out at me that the hashes of all of the transactions are not included in the block because why would you need to? Because you're including the transactions. So the sort of middle of the Merkle tree is not stored in a block. I didn't realize that. So all it is is the hash of the previous block plus a nonce plus the Merkle root hash of all of the transactions are in the block header, the block hash. And then separately, all of the transactions are sent because of course they would be in the mempool. So then it's a case of taking all of the transactions and hashing them together in a Merkle structure to, oh, you can use the Merkle tree to find out, find out which of the transactions should be included in the block. So I, th I think that's why it's done like that. Very interesting. Thanks for the article, Alex. Um, and thanks for li listening, guys. I, I hope this is of some, some value being in auditory form.